This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Most Tuesdays are just Tuesdays, except at Buffalo Wild Wings, where Tuesdays are Wing Tuesdays. But now even Wing Tuesdays aren't just Wing Tuesdays because Wing Tuesdays are half-price Wing Tuesdays, which means your boring Tuesday that became Wing Tuesday now costs you half as much. In case you're confused, we have half-price Wing Tuesdays. We do it for you. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Prices and participation vary. See participating locations for details. Void or prohibited. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel.com. You can go to FanDuel.com and get our special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get that free subscription, but you'll also have the 10 bucks that you deposit available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. I am Chris Liss. This is the East Coast Offense Podcast. I'm joined by... Yahoo Sports, Dalton Del Don, and uh, man, when I when I you picked up the phone, you sound a little tired this morning, Dalton. Yeah, I've been getting up a little bit earlier these days. My daughter starting preschool, but still, you're on the other side of the country. Um, it's uh, I had to get up about six thirty a.m. this morning just for you and our loyal listeners. Uh, I'm still waiting for the coffee to kick in. It's four p.m. here, so I had to do this an hour early too. So we're both suffering. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel for you. All right, so I have a couple notes that I actually took for this podcast. Okay. Uh, one of them says, excoriate for fail in Hilton contest. Because it looked like you weren't going to be able to get us into the Hilton contest. And I was going to talk about how useless you were and why I even do this podcast with you in the first place. But then I get an email yesterday. Yeah, I found us a, a, a proxy, and it's uh, going to happen. I didn't think that it was, but I, I did a little maneuvering here or there, here and there. And, um, yeah, we're going to be in it again. We're going to be able to uh, have our listeners mock us with our – you know, hopefully it can't get any worse than last year because we did not have a very good debut. So hopefully at least the first couple weeks we can have a decent – you know, an okay showing so we can at least uh, move on into the – you know, a month or so where we're at least in contention or at least not out of it. How about that? So – Let's do. Let's try to do a little bit better this year, and uh, we'll start with week one, ready for football to start. But yeah, uh, it looked like we were out, but we are back in the, uh, the 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 Las Vegas Super Contest. I think we go like fourteen and one and end up in like first place for a while. It'll, you know, the drama will start. You know, then it'll start getting exciting. Yeah, exactly. I'd I'd love that, even if it you know results in, in horrible failure from there on in. Uh, at least we can you know get excited 
a little bit. You know, that, anything will be better than what happened to us last year, which was a, a poor start followed by a poor middle and a not so great end either. Before we get into it, um, I actually uh, every year I seemingly like week one the best. It doesn't always result. You know, the results aren't necessarily the best of all the, the 17 weeks we pick the spread. But for me, it's just the easiest week to pick every year. And this one was no different. I don't know exactly why that is. But um, I have I actually have five games myself that I like. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how I went out of my way to not read your beating the book uh, that came out yesterday. I read your survivor, um, you know, and I will read reading the book uh, today. But I went out of my way not to read it because I didn't want to, uh, to. I wanted to come into this podcast cold, not knowing uh, your your you know your your twisted uh, bizarre picks. Okay, well that's fair enough, and we will get to those in a minute. I have a couple other notes though before we get to the spread right. stuff. Okay, okay so. All right. One of them was, do you want to do a side bet on the Friends and Family Football League? You know you're going to be owing me at least 200, and you better hope. I'm so pissed, man. I, I left uh, Jose Peraz on my bench, and it wasn't like I had a full lineup. It was just that the game started early, you know, daily moves leagues, where they should just auto-start guys who were in the early game, and it doesn't work like that. Like, if, if you're not on it and, and you don't realize there's an early Wednesday game, you gotta, you know, you're just going to miss out, so... Jose Peraza went four for five on my bench. People would get upset if you if you if they were purposely benching that person. I mean, there is Yahoo has came out with a button this year that you can push that puts in all the starters at once. So. On the app, it does right, but not on the site. Right, okay. correct. Right, all right. Anyway, that was annoying. But so you're going to owe me two hundred or five hundred because I'm playing with house money. Uh, I'm happy to have you state the size of the bet. I know you're very happy with your friends and family team. I don't even have a quarterback. I'm at a huge disadvantage. So. What what do you want to do? You want to do the same terms for that bet too? Yeah, yeah same terms. Um, but how how do we define um, how do we define? Obviously, it's a little bit different than rotisserie baseball. So how do you want to define? You know, what record points scored? How do you want to do that? Total points if neither make the playoffs. But if what if if one person makes the playoffs with fewer points than the other person? Yeah, I don't, that's what I, I'm I'm open to whatever you think there too. It's it's so different in football. It's tough. I mean, whatever you think, I, I'm okay with. And the problem is, like, you could do total points for the whole season, like in the stake league. But here, like, you don't really – it's like once the playoffs start, the guys who are not in it, it doesn't really count. It doesn't even, like, add it up really. Like, it's, you're just kind of done. So – Let's uh, just say who goes further. It's fine. I know that's not the fairest, but let's just do it, whatever. Let's just you want to do goes. that big of a, of a pool on it, 200, on just who goes further regardless of points? I mean, we could go – we could split that in half, 100 points and 100 who goes further. 100 for points through 13, 100 for who goes – further and then 500 for whoever wins it uh if, if somebody somebody's. if someone wins it and you don't and that's irrespective if you get hot in the playoffs that's it you won the league right okay done 100 100 and 500 perfect okay yeah. you just better hope that i don't win the baseball league because that's going to get ugly all right so um a couple other things one is do you ever uh call customer service for like direct tv or k you know cable or internet or whatever and you get obviously put on the phone with somebody who's clearly from Sri Lanka or India or somewhere like that. Yes. It's, it's happened plenty okay. of times. Yeah. And the problem is they're perfectly nice, but they have to like read the script that they give them. And you ever like, like not been able to get off the phone because they're like, yes, sir. I appreciate it, sir. I thank you so much for your business. And if you ever need anything else, and can you please, were you satisfied with the sir? They just, you just want to transact your business and leave. But there's this, like, everything has a long script, and I'm always interrupting them. I'm always like, all right, all right, yeah, just fine. You know, they, they never can just tra- say, 
Hey, can I transfer you to somebody who can? Yes, please transfer me. Yes, because I hope to be of service. And I've just shut the fuck up. Just transfer me. Just, I'm just trying to get the business done. These scripts they give these poor people. And I, I feel bad because I'm rude to them, but I'm like, stop it. Let me get off the phone. I, I Transfer me already. Yeah, I become a crazy person when I deal with customer service on the phone for some reason. Normally, I'm a fairly calm person, but I just get irate at these people. And then I inevitably end up feeling bad afterward because I, I, you know, I, I scream at them and go, I, and yes, it's one of the most frustrating things in the world is dealing with, with customer service on the phone. But it's not just, you know, there's frustrations about it just in general, but the, the way in which they, they can't just transact the business like a person, they can't just be like, yeah, man, I'll get to you right, right away. No problem. And then click. There's no like this long script of how the, the much they appreciate your business and all this other crap. Do you think Sri Lankans who work, lots of whom who work for these companies think Americans are just like the biggest douchebags. These, all they do is curse me out. I'm just trying to be nice and read the script that I'm supposed to read. And these dudes curse me out. I don't understand. Right. And that's the majority of the sample in which they've come across. Of course. Americans. So yeah. Who doesn't, that, who doesn't right. curse them out? Right. <laughs> right. And they have very little to compare probably to in their everyday life, other than the people on the phone that across the country that are screaming at them. So yeah, that, that, that they probably are. They probably think we're all a bunch of assholes. Yeah, I mean, I am an asshole, but it's like it, I'm an asshole because your company is an asshole to me, and you don't realize it because you just work there. But the whole system is just—it's just that whole thing. It's just just fucking tell them to be human beings and just have a basic conversation. You know, you don't need to read the script. All right. The other thing is, you remember a couple podcasts ago, I said I got into it with my German landlord here. He wanted me to pay um, an extra month and ten days while we were already gone because by the time we uh, didn't get the immigration to come through, uh, there was only, you know, whatever, 60 days left and he needed 90 days notice. Right. He has relented after Heather and I both sent him some very lawyerly emails citing German law and why uh, it would be ridiculous and uh, impossible for us to satisfy the terms. And under German law, if the tenant cannot uh, be reasonably expected to stay, that the notice period is waived and they sent us, uh, they relented and sent us something acknowledging that. That's great to hear. I can finally go back, start sleeping at night. I know you were rooting for that, for me to have to pay that extra 40 days. I know. Of course I was. Yeah. All, right. all right. So I'm not at war with my landlord. He saw the light. Everything's good. Perfect. Great. All right. That's all I, that's all I had. You have anything else you wanted to talk about some bullshit um, I have a couple... stuff or you got something else? Um, I have a couple quick things. We don't need to go over the divisions. We can just go mainly over the, the spreads this week. But um, a couple things. One, um, Yahoo is starting a, a podcast again, and it's through your you guys. Rotowire is actually helping produce it. So yep. um, look out for the uh, the Yahoo Fantasy Freak Show. Subscribe on iTunes and, and all that stuff. And, and real quick, I did my final draft last night, uh, NFFC primetime, $1,600 buy-in, biggest money league I'm in. Well, I guess the Stopa is probably the bigger money league because unless you win the, the overall $150,000 prize in this, the actual individual league would be even less than eleven grand. But nevertheless... No, uh, no this is bigger. Uh, this is bigger, though, because Stopa, if you were to divide the 11000 in prize money by 12 people, it's like 900 bucks each. Right, Whereas right. this one is 1600 each. All right, I don't want to go through every pick or something, but I actually have just a few interesting things happen that I want pick? to... I picked first, and I... Can't, I, I I keep get, I have Antonio Brown in like four or five leagues this year, which is absolutely uh, it's worrisome. And I, 
part of me is like, maybe I'll mix it up just because, but I'm like, he, you know, it's full PPR. Brown could catch 135 balls. I got to just stick with, with it, but I'm, I'm a little bit worried that I'm so invested in, in someone, and especially with the reversed third round. They have a reversal in the third round, so you get the last pick in the third, first in the fourth, if you have the first overall pick in, these, in this format. Right. So it's extra bad if, if that if first pick goes down. So I picked Antonio Brown. And then coming all the way back, now the news just broke this morning that makes it seem more reasonable why this happened, but Gronkowski fell to number 24 to me. What, what, I know you don't love him in PPR, but I had to take him there, right? My, my other option was Devonta Freeman, who I'm also heavily invested in, but I went Gronk. What do you think at 24? I love Freeman and Gronk at the turn. Love it. I mean, that's just, it's great. Well, I could only get one of them, remember. Oh, right, right. You took him over Freeman because you don't have a turn because it's third round reversal. I got it. It's fine. It's good. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I, I don't love Gronk because he's a 70 to 75 catch guy, not a 90 catch guy. He could be a 90 catch guy, but it's just, it's just not how they use him. He's going to get you a lot of touchdowns. No Brady for four games. It, it's, it's weird. It's kind of like I took Buster Posey this year. It's the exact same thing. Like He never slipped to the very end of the second right. round, and I was like, oh, he's there in one of the NFFC online. So I took him. Gronk never slips that far. You took him. It's it's fine. I would have probably taken Freeman there, but uh, if he were there, yeah, he has a hamstring that's a little bit more serious than I guess was led led to believe Gronk too. But um, I had a, another NFFC draft the night before as the number one pick, and I got Freeman there, and I have Freeman and Stopa, so I decided to mix my portfolio a little bit up. I don't do not own Gronk anywhere else. And then the third and the fourth, I got CJ CJ Anderson. I was really happy. I Love that at the end of the third. That's a miracle that he fell that far. Yeah, I love that. And then Doug Baldwin, who who I love and you don't so much, but whatever. The the receivers there were really, really yeah. thick out, and I like him. So um, I was a little upset that Jordan Reed fell there. That's who I got in, in the draft before. I love Reed at the 3-4 turn this oh. year. I, I really, really love him. I think he could he could replicate uh, Gronk's numbers on a per-game basis, and he's the one healthy right now. So I actually, in hindsight, really, really like Reed, um, especially there. Yeah, I like Reed. I have him in a, a few places. You know, it's, it's only health is the only question. If you knew Reed is playing 14 games this year, you know, he's probably a second rounder, right? I think the reason he's even the third rounder is just from health. Right. Okay. Now, this is the last two I'm going to go over just because I found this, this part interesting. Um, so, in my five and six, at the end of the fifth, beginning of the sixth, I don't, I'm not sure how much these numbers are, are true, but I looked at the uh, NFFC ADP, and, and, and in that area, it shows you who is the, the, the time that player went the earliest and the time that player went the latest, right? Have you seen that? Yes, I've seen it, yep. Okay, so I'm not sure how accurate that is, but if it is accurate, at my five and six turn, I took a player the earliest among every single draft that he's gone and the latest among every single draft. So you draft. took Spencer so, Ware? I did not. Okay. I actually, I actually did take uh, Spencer Ware at the seventh and eighth turn. Oh, okay. I, got I thought you were, you were, that's why I thought he was the guy that went earliest so that you just took him. Yeah. I wouldn't make you guess because it's going to it's going to be kind of okay. tough. But I took um, Derrick Henry. It right. was the earliest that he's gone. Wow! By like so you two. took him two rounds ahead of where? That's interesting. Because the night before, I I, uh, I looked at his ADP and it was like a hundred or something, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him at the seven eight turn, and I didn't even come close. So I'm like, screw it. I don't own him many places, and I right. think he's going to go crazy. So whatever. I'm just I'm he's going to be on my team in, in this, especially in this this league. And now here's something that I'm going to come across as a huge hypocrite. Um, but at the sixth the sixth round. I took Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? That's great. That's fine. Yeah, of course. In sixth round. I'm not even a Rodgers guy. I mean, I prefer Wilson and Luck somewhat, although Luck now is the shoulder thing, so who knows? And Cam I prefer, but 
you know, I mean, the consensus is he's one of the top two or three QBs. And when you're in the sixth round, especially with six points per passing TD, yes. You know, the whole weight on QB thing, I've been pounding this on Twitter. I asked if you could have Cam Newton's banked stats from last year, not Cam Newton this year, but just pencil in his 2015 stats, where would you take him? And I said, first overall, first round, rounds two or three, or I don't, I always wait on quarterback. Those are the choices. And there were like a lot of people who say, I always wait on quarterback. And the thing is, Newton had the third best quarterback season ever from a fantasy perspective last year. And he was six rushing yards, according to this pro football focus article that was pretty good, away from being the second best QB season ever fantasy wise. How would you not take that in the first round if it were banked? Oh, no, I wait on QB. There's a lot of QBs. What do you mean? What are you talking about? You're talking about, yes, Eli Manning in round eight or nine or 10, who can get you 33 touchdowns and 4,400 yards is worth waiting on rather than taking Cam Newton with the range of outcomes Cam Newton has in 2016. I get it. But when you're talking about banking Cam Newton's third best ever QB performance, that is first round, if not first overall. Yeah, I was going to say, clearly first round, the only debate with my head would be first overall because of the banked stats. I mean, that's just, just the fact that you're right. guaranteed your, your first pick is going to be healthy. I mean, not, gonna, not to it's mention. He's going to dominate his position, right? He's going to be the best player at his position probably by four or five points a game. And, and the thing is, if you knew who the second best one was, maybe if everyone knew in advance who the second best one w- was, maybe he wouldn't be worth that high of a pick. But nobody knows who the second best one is. The second best, the second highest QB could get hurt. And people are just, they, they have this religious belief in wait on QB rather than a rational understanding of why you wait on QB. And it's kind of like, okay, I like to wait on QB until what point? And you must be willing to take Rodgers in the sixth or Newton in the sixth or fifth. You can't just say I wait on QB and punt the decision. That is not paying attention to the thing that you're doing. That is just checking out and using a rule of thumb in lieu of actual judgment as things transpire during your draft. Right, right. All right, let's move on to spreads here in a second. I got one more. I I just just wanted to point that out before before we get to you real quick. Um, Just that, as you said, six point per passing TD. And, man, I mean, no one had taken – I mean, in the sixth round, I've been preaching – I always preach wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback. And I did do that in in all – nearly all my other leagues. Um, But, man, at that point, I was, like, debating John Brown. Like, who knows? I mean, you know, I mean, he's dealing with a concussion. Guys like that, just such question marks. I'm like, you know what? I'm, screw it. I'm not going to pick for another 24 picks. I'm, I'm going with Rodgers. And uh, I am worried about Gronk and his, his health. But um, in hindsight, as far as Devonta Freeman, uh, I, you know, I ended up with C.J. Anderson, Spencer Ware, Derrick Henry, and you know, flyers like Ajayi and McKinnon later. So I think running back I'm, I'm, I'm okay with. And I got your, your guy, Devonta Parker, in round 16. People were really Whoa. worried about That is just so ridiculous. 16? What? What the fuck? That's just ridiculous. That's criminal. No, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I was looking at Devontae Adams. My bad. Okay. The, the 10th. Round 10. The 9th. That's okay. still really that's late. Cool. Really, really late. But 16, I was like, Jesus. Yeah, Christ. yeah, yeah. That's that, my bad. You would have been made... remiss for not taking around 10. Yeah, you know? yeah. That made no sense. Okay. But still, that, that's pretty crazy. I mean, just this little hamstring issue hopefully doesn't turn. I mean, that's, you know, two weeks ago he was going in round four. I know. It's crazy. And it's just people overrate so much stuff. Like, just keep it together the other poll i put on twitter with the same thing i said if if you knew justin tucker and everybody knew this would kick seven 55 yard field goals every game where do you take him 
Number one pick, obviously. Of course. Of course. You're getting 35 points a week. You're, the average best kicker is going to get 10, okay, at best. That's plus 25 every week before you even – of course he's the number one pick. Not even, it's not even a consideration. And people – it was first overall, first round, rounds two to three, I always wait on kicker. There was like 20% where like I always wait on kicker. Never take a kicker early. I don't know if they were just trolling me. A lot of people are like second or third round, I do it. Are you kidding me? He gets seven 55-yarders every week. I mean, I don't – people think – people think you have to wait on kicker, so they, they won't do it. They're not – if your kicker got a million points a week, you know, no, you got to wait on kicker. That would be way bigger discrepancy between him and the number two kicker than any other position. Of <laughs> yeah. course. It's not even a consideration. No, not people, at all. What do you, you, don't, you don't want points? You don't like the points if they come from your kicker? You're biased toward points from a receiver? They're just points. They're all points. It doesn't matter where they come from. And yeah, how when would you when would you stop there? I mean, even if they kicked if he kicked five fifty five yarders, I'd think he might be number one. You'd have to think about it, right? Right. I mean, right. You'd yeah. have to consider it. You don't I, I made it so that it was like so obviously number one. Right. And the fact that you know, I maybe half the people said number one overall and the other half were somewhere else. Just I don't I don't know what they're reading or listening to, but it's just it's just a good illustration. All right. Yeah. We'll move on. We'll talk about these uh these games this week against the spread. So my best bet this week, I think, was the same as your best bet, actually. Is that uh, tonight's game? Yes, it was the Broncos, yes. Yeah, I don't get this spread at all, and that doesn't no. necessarily mean we're going to be right. But I, I just thought that I don't understand why Denver's can your guy, not. Can your guy go today and get us uh, the Broncos here? Well, well, I was, I was, he, he's, he's signing us up today, so I was waiting for you to get the go-ahead. But I was wanting to use this. this yes, this, Broncos. Yeah. I, look, I think this game should be Panthers plus three at Broncos, right? I mean, I think exactly. that's – but it's minus three. This game suggests that the Panthers would be nine-point favorites at home against the Broncos, which is absurd. Denver beat the crap out of them in the Super Bowl just now. Denver loses their totally useless quarterback. Now, Peyton is, was useless as a player, but maybe as a defense reader, he gave them something, and Trevor Simeon will obviously be a downgrade. But they're just going to hide him and hand it off. And I think Denver's D is going to be good enough to make this a 50-50 game at best, you know, and it's in Denver. Yeah, a night game at home where they're really good. I mean, I understand Trevor Simeon was, what, a year? A year ago, he was about five picks from being uh, Mr. Irrelevant in the uh, the draft. But it's not like Denver had a good quarterback play last year. I mean, arguably the worst in the NFL, and they still won the Super Bowl. I'm sure Carolina will play better than they did in the Super Bowl, but I, exactly what I was going to say. This this is equivalent to Carolina being favored by nine at home to the, against the Super Bowl champs, who have their returning their defense is mostly returning. And Carolina, by the way, their secondary looks suddenly kind of thin in an area of concern. So I just do not understand this spread whatsoever. It was even it opened at one, and it even jumped in some areas uh, this past week to three and a half and maybe even four. It's down to the three, but I'm totally with you. I have no idea why it's not Denver by three because they're the home team. Seems like pretty fair, fairly even team. So this is both of our best bets. Pretty funny. Week one, opening night on Thursday night. Yeah, I'll say one other thing. This guy who uh, comments in the beating the book comments all the time. He uh, went on this ridiculous run last year where he's like, this game is bet on by X amount of sharps and squares. And he did this whole, you know, sort of fade the public when there was more money on the team that was had a way less percentage of people, meaning the sharp money was on the other team and he could see the right. way it moved. 
And he, he got like, he was like 75% last year. I mean, it was un, it was ridiculous. Like every week he'd post his picks. He was super nice about it too. He wasn't one of those douches. who was like, Hey, I went five and zero last week. You suck. Let me do your column. He was like very nice, but he had a huge, huge year that I couldn't believe. And, uh, this was his first pick this year was the Broncos. He said that the average bet on the Panthers is like 30 bucks and the average bet on the Broncos is 300 bucks. Right. All right. Good. I'm glad to hear it. All right. So that's one. All right. So let's go bucks plus three at Falcons. This to me was kind of 50, 50, but I hate the Falcons. And I think the bucks are going to get better. And so I took the bucks. Yeah. Not much analysis here. It's just, I'll take the points. These are two even teams. I mean, maybe Atlanta wins and they just win by a field goal. I'm not expecting them to win by by more than that, if they do, um, Tampa Bay should improve. Atlanta, first team in NFL history to start 5-0 and and not make the playoffs last season. They're kind of a soft team. Um, yeah, give me the bucks. Yeah, super soft. All right, Vikings minus two at Titans. You know, a lot of people, it's just like they're hyping up the Titans. Like, oh, their D's going to get better and this running game. And then Mariota, you know, obviously is a legit prospect who had a good rookie year. But I'm not really buying it. I think malarkey is stupid. I think this organization is kind of dumb. And the Vikings, because this game is going to be just a, a run fest, are the better defense. And uh, it's not going to matter whether it's Sam Bradford or Sean Hill. I'm laying the wood here. Oh, man, interesting. That's uh, This is one of my five favorite bets of the, the week. I, I do think the Titans are going to be much improved. I, I, I guess I've been fading Minnesota all offseason. They were my biggest bet to, to finish the under. I know they're a solid team, and I don't want to overrate the quarterback position. But – it is a little bit shaky. I mean, you either got Sean Hill or you got a, got a guy who just was traded for a week ago. And um, I, I do think the Titans are going to be much improved. Obviously, the, I don't love the head coach, but I am a big believer in Mariota. I think there's a massive difference in quarterback play here. They're at home, and I like their. I think their running game is going to be good with Murray and, and Henry. Normally, I don't really care about that, but I like the Titans here, definitely getting points. Yeah, the Vikings have been like the best team against the spread the last two years. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Nobody, nobody respects them. But, you know, and, and I don't think it was Bridgewater. I think it was the D. And so, all right, we'll see. I wasn't big on this one, but I, I feel like everyone was acting like the Titans were such a good bet, and I faded it. Browns plus four at Eagles. I took the Eagles here. I didn't feel strongly about it, but no Josh Gordon. And I think there's a lot of optimism in Cleveland with RG3. But every time he actually plays, and this really worried me in the preseason, he took five sacks and 17 dropbacks. In one of the games, I just think I, I, it may be over for him really early. I hope not. I like him as a player, and I want to see him and Josh Gordon. I want to get excited about this team, but I'm taking the Eagles. Yeah, that's interesting. There's so much uncertainty, um, first of all, just in general in football week to week. But in year to year, I just really defaulted with a lot of underdogs uh, this week one. But I can see the the counter here. And the spread is, is dropped a few points after the um, – you know, the, the Sam Bradford trade. So you're only given four. I think a week ago it was about six. Um, and I hear you with the, with the situation with, with RG3 taking a ton of sacks. I actually think Philly is a very interesting DFS play this week. From the sites I've seen, they're one of the cheaper options. And they could – actually, their, their front seven isn't terrible. They could record plenty of sacks. But I took the points here just because Carson Wentz making his first start. I think he could be kind of a, an interesting fantasy guy this year in a circus kind of way having to throw – ball a lot, but I, I just held my nose and took the points, but I certainly wouldn't argue this one. I, I could see this going any number of ways, including an Eagles blowout. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah. And I'm not like advocating you go lay four with Carson Wentz. It's just, I had to pick the game and I faded RG three rather than Wentz. All right. 
Um, Bengals minus two and a half at Jets. I'll let you start with this one. I took the home team. Um, I think uh, Fitzpatrick's really going to not have as great of a year this season. He held out. Um, he, he put up all those touchdown numbers last year, but it came with the YPA under seven, and he's just been thoroughly mediocre his whole career. Uh, Mark Stopa's trying to trade me him in the Stopa League. Well, we could get into that real quick, too. I, I lost Tony Romo, and it's a, you know, the Superflex is an option, so that's huge. And I ended up spending all $100 of my fab on Spencer Ware, and I figured someone else was going to as well, and maybe I'd lose the tiebreaker. And I actually put $100 on Dak Prescott as my second bid just because, you know, I have Romo, and um, I'm just aggressive early on. And, and I got Spencer Ware. So now I'm, I'm in a little bit of a conundrum there looking for a second quarterback well, still. I'll trade you for Spencer Ware if you want a quarterback. I mean, I could trade you RG3 for him. Yeah. Ooh, that, I do like RG3's upside. That's interesting. I was going to trade you Bradford for Fab, but now you're out of Fab, so I can't, we right. can't do that. I was like, do you want to do this? And you said, dude, I'm out of Fab. I spent it all. Right. Yeah, yeah that's pretty funny. I um, But my point I was, I, was, I was started to make was that I'm just – not only is Fitzpatrick I'm a little bit worried about, but um, his the Jets' first uh, six games or whatever, the start to their season is one of the most brutal se- uh, schedules I've ever seen. And that's like the opposite of what I need, assuming Romo actually might come back in the second half. So you want, um, you want to do, do RG3 for where? I'll do it. I would do that. I would need to, I would need to think about it. That's definitely a fair trade for you. Um, I, I mean, RG3 I, might be a total bust and be injured or take 10 sacks and be out. But he also could be a monster with Josh Gordon. And I mean, think about, <laughs> think about if, if he is good and he's running and Josh Gordon comes back, it could be ridiculous. And the Browns D is not good. When they play Pittsburgh, it could be crazy. No, I do like his upside more than Fitzpatrick, no question. I would consider that more, even though he's, his floor is lower as well. Do you have three quarterbacks? His floor is out of the job in two weeks. Do you have three quarterbacks? I have four quarterbacks. Oh, nice. Okay. Well, so you, Bradford, you make... I have Bradford as my fourth QB. So. Okay. Yeah, you do make an interesting trade candidate then. Let me, I'll, I'll look into okay. that and get The, the only reason I want to do it now is because Ware has such a good matchup this week. And if Charles doesn't right. play, that's like a, you know, that's a great, like, this is the week to get it. You know, it's like after this people week. Weren't, weren't a little bit more aggressive on him. I mean, I guess Charles could come back and Ware could just fade off. But I mean, I think Ware's their goal line guy all year, no matter the health of Charles. And he's pretty good. I got like 5.6 yards per carry last year. That Andy Reid system just produces huge numbers. For their lead back, I mean, I guess Sharkhandic West could get the the catches. I mean, I guess that's some concern, but man, I don't know. And that well, system with Charles he, Dage and his still recovering from his second ACL surgery, I mean, where has massive upside? He has massive upside if Charles doesn't come back. If Charles does come back, he's basically Legarrette Blunt. Legarrette Blunt is useful in a non PPR. In a half PPR, he's marginally useful. Mm-hmm. That's what where becomes, I think, if Charles is back. The the appeal of where is that this week he's way better than that and has a great matchup and then we don't know you know what charles is going to be right yeah speaking of dfs i i mean i guess you could be contrarian and, and try to switch it up but where has got to be approaching 100 percent own numbers this week because the pricing came out in all these sites before the charles news so he's you know extremely cheap and at least according to my i mean my on my running back ranking board he's a top 10 running back start in week one yeah i like christine michael for the season, I think better than where. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I like Rawls more than Charles. So yeah, well, we'll see. I, I think those guys are, you know, there's, there's risk with both. And I just think the difference is if Charles is healthy, 
he's going to get you know 190 plus carries and third down work, and they're never going to switch over who the starter is. Whereas Rawls, as good as he was for four games, you know he doesn't have the hold on the job the way that Charles does. Sure, sure, yeah, but one one's. 30 and the other's 24 and second ACL versus an ankle, but we'll see. No, I understand that. I like Michael a lot too. I mean, well, anyway, consider that trade. I I might be too generous with this, but uh, you know, if you get back to me in the next couple hours, I will consider Maybe we'll, we could consummate it on the XM show. If, uh, if you've given enough thought by then, don't do what you did in baseball that year where you always had to think about it and think about it and be like a month later and you still couldn't make a decision. All right, I will let you know. Um, soon that was a embarrassing. Month. Do you remember that, that, that I... podcast we with Barons, where you couldn't even pull the trigger on a trade with Barons for like a whole month? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, vaguely. Vaguely, I think I put it out of my head mostly. But anyway, I like the Jets here. Um, this is a, a toss-up that I don't, I would not put money on or something. This is tough for me. I'm defaulting to the home team. Everyone loves the Bengals. I assume most money's on the Bengals, um, but I'm going to take the home Jets. What, what about you? I took the Jets. I, I feel very – I don't feel strongly about this at all, um, but I thought that because they're trying to break in new receivers and Revis will guard A.J. Green presumably and the Jets are so stout against the run that this is not a good matchup for the Bengals. And then, you know, they are on the road laying points. I don't feel strongly though. I mean the Jets right. – the, the Jets, who knows? You know, I, I don't trust the Jets' offense. I think Patrick could th- Fitzpatrick could throw a pick six. Uh, I don't – know that they'll be in sync with his holdout. So I'm, that was, I wasn't strong on it, but I did take the Jets to win. Okay, yeah, I agree with you. Don't feel strongly at all. Went, went with the Jets. So okay. the next one, uh, Oakland at New Orleans. This is my second favorite bet of the week. Um, everyone loves Oakland. They're just the, the, the preseason. Me too. Me too. They, we're on the same page this week. It's crazy. I love the Saints here. Yeah, Oakland has to travel to a 10 a.m. body clock game, and they're really good at home, obviously. Their defense was so bad last year. That they allowed a you know opposing quarterback rating that was higher than the year in which Manning threw 55 touchdowns, and they allowed the most yards per carry just for for shits and giggles. But still, uh, they're at home. It's this spread is just one point, and Oakland you know play, traveling to New Orleans is a tough task. Uh, I'm not ready to anoint them, especially Derek Carr's got 6.3 YPA in the second half last year. Let's not start penciling him into Pro Bowls or Canton just quite yet. Everybody gets pissed when on the XM show, my Twitter always gets all these guys, oh, you're bashing car again. You don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't see it, man. I just don't see it at all. I, I see this guy as just a mediocre player who has stayed healthy and gotten a lot of attempts. He's been good on the touchdown to, to interception ratio. I'll give him that. But the efficiency has been poor. And, yeah, I agree. I think the Saints at home are just a different team. They're much better. Breeze is much better. And they're going to light up the Raiders, and the Raiders will keep up a little bit. But in the end, I think the Saints should be favored by three and a half here, and if they're only one. Yeah, so you, you're down with that, making that a, a, a number two Absolutely. pick, right? That's my yeah. second All right. guess. Okay. All right, what's next? All right, Chargers plus seven at Chiefs. Here's who the Chiefs, they might be without Tom Bahali, and if they're not, then he's, like, coming back from an injury. They're definitely without Justin Houston. Eric Berry just ended a holdout, missed all of camp, and Jamal Charles might not play. And yet, it's Chargers plus seven. I know the Chargers are garbage, but Philip Rivers is a good QB. And I just think, you know, the full-strength Chiefs, and, and you don't get the arrowhead, snow, freezing cold here. This is going to be a nice day. There's, there's no weather issue. I don't know, man. I, I think the Chiefs in arrowhead in the freezing cold with all their players against the Chargers is like eight points. But they're still laying seven without any of these advantages. 
Yeah, I, I, I really like taking the points here. I like typically just, I know it's anecdotal, but I like the Chargers when they're underdogs and when and not when they're favorites. They're just the type of team that can beat any team in the NFL and lose to any team. And I actually like the Chargers this year. I picked them to make the, the playoffs as a wild card. So I don't think oh, really? they are necessarily garbage, as you said. I think they have the best quarterback in the division. And I think that they got really unlucky in some of their metrics last year. And I, I'm not sold on the head coach and maybe they're total. He really is garbage. Total disaster again. But, um, and Bosa looks like he's not going to play week one, but as you said, Kansas city missing a ton of guys on the defensive side. And I I do think Kansas city is a very solid football team, but are they a team that runs it up? You know, I mean, they, they typically play pretty conservatively. So I, I expect this game to be close. And, um, man, I know, um, some people are considering using KC, in Survivor, but I'm a little bit worried. No San Diego divisional do game. I mean, I, I could wouldn't be shocked by an upset here whatsoever. So I'm definitely taking the the seven points. Yeah. Okay. So we're on the same. We're like agree on everything. It's weird. Uh, okay. Bills plus three at Ravens. I didn't feel that strongly, but I just like the Ravens. I just like John Harbaugh. The Ravens last year got really unlucky. They they played five out of seven road games, and it was just an, and then they lost all their players to injury all at the same time, and the season just got out from under them. But besides last year, they've always been good. This is one of the best coaches in the NFL. And even though they've got four guys at each position and nobody really that we know is starting in fantasy, I think they will handle a depleted Bills defense at home. So I laid the wood. Yeah, and we agree again. Um, I've mostly taken dogs, and this is one of the favorites I took, the Saints and, and the Ravens. And um, it's it's – the, you know, the default three points at home, I get it. They're a fairly even team, and the, the Ravens secondary was torched last year. And when we were in Las Vegas, Stopa uh, bet on the Ravens under. I think that was his biggest bet there, um, at least aside from the tables. And um, I disagree. I, I actually have the Ravens as the other wild card team in the AFC this year. Uh, I, as you said, uh, some bad luck last year. They're very well coached, um, always solid. I know they don't have any stars in any of the typical positions. I don't believe Joe Flacco's gotten 7.5 YPA in a season, so I get that. But um, I think their defense is really going to bounce back. They're they're typically very tough at home, and um, I got a Ravens feeling on this one as well. It's interesting that you have them making the playoffs. They're like eight and a half. Is there over under? And yeah. it's kind of it seems really high. Like eight. Like why are they eight and a half? Shouldn't they be six and a half? But that to me is a tell. It seems like the the, the square side would would take the under on that. Because they'd say, who's good on the Ravens? Right. And they weren't right. good last year. But if it's that high, even though you'd think the square would go under, it makes you want to go over, right? It makes you think, no, the people who know football are, are going over. They know that this is going to be a better team than the public would realize. I like how you kind of called Stopa a square there after I just said he took the under. He is um, a square. Stopa is a square. But, and I so, also like these teams like Baltimore and San Diego coming off, you know, like last place schedules the year before or whatever, third place schedule. I, I mean, some, it's tough to always, you know, go, you know, look ahead. Or teams change every year. And sometimes that doesn't work so great. And it could be advantage to uh, other teams when, you know, like when the Packers don't finish first and you have to face, you get to face the Vikings instead of the Packers. But for the most part, I do, uh, you know, it's a cyclical league and, 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 Part of the reason that you know there's always usually 50% turnover in playoff teams is just the simple fact of having to play a last place schedule versus a first place schedule, and that's why I like teams like the Ravens and San Diego to be sneaky, sneakily much better this season. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, so Bears plus six at Texans. Everybody loves the Texans in this game, and it just seems like a trap to me. Like, is Brock Osweiler, who really kind of sucked when he played, despite having hitters counts with an all-time great defense? 
he had a couple good preseason games. Is he good? I don't know. They've got two rookie receivers in the rotation. J.J. Watt had back surgery. He missed the entire training camp. Can't imagine he'll be 100%. And yet they're laying six against the Bears team that's not especially good. But, you know, Cutler, Alshon Jeffrey, Langford played last year for half the season. This is the, these guys have played together. It just, it just seems like let's, let's wait and see what Osweiler is. Let's not just pencil him in as good already. Yeah, I'm worried about them losing Adam Gase and the two things that stuck out. I, I don't know if they were nationally televised games or maybe it's NFL Network I caught when they jumped in on games. But I remember watching a Bears game in the preseason where they just looked horrendous. And I remember watching a Houston game in which Osweiler looked like a future star. And that, that might be bleeding in other people's brains as well. But having said all that, again, I totally agree with you. Six points were anointing. Uh, I, I know Houston won the division last year, but Watt definitely is not going to be 100% for this game. Uh, too much unknowns. I mean, I, I get that Lamar Miller might go off, and he's a, a top-five fantasy start, probably in a lot of DFS lineups. The game script suggests they should be playing with the lead a lot. But this is a Bears team that went into Arrowhead last year and, and beat the Chiefs. They can they can sometimes play a little bit better than expected. And, I, of course, I'm picking just one game. But I am taking the points here. I think the Bears could keep this close. Right. If, if you knew nothing else about two teams except that one looked horrible in the preseason – and one looked great in the preseason, and then the line were set to whatever it was set, I would always take the one that looked horrible because right. all of that is priced. It's going to be overrated in the line. Totally agree. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Packers minus four and a half at Jacksonville. My, you know, I could see the Packers rolling, but my feeling was I waited for this team to be good all last year, and they just couldn't do it. And now everyone's presuming they are exactly who they were two years ago. And they're laying four and a half at, on, you know, on the road against a team that can, you know, backdoor cover and will, you know, open it up. I'll, I'll take the points. It's funny because I actually think Green Bay is going to have a, a monstrous regular season. I love their schedule. I think I picked them to go 13 and three, the, the best record in the NFL. But even when they are really good. They tend to take the you know the foot off the gas pedal and and, and, and don't love their coaching whatsoever. So um, and and Jacksonville conversely, I, I think is a little overhyped, and I'm not about ready to buy into uh, all the free agent defensive signings suddenly turning them into uh, a good defensive team. But yeah, Green Bay does not typically. Sometimes they let teams back in. They they they, they turn to the run too much and, and take the ball at Aaron Rodgers' hands when he should just be throwing 80% of the time. And um, Jacksonville's at home. So, yeah, I'm going to take the points. It's, it's not even just like three and a half or four. It's five and a half, five. So uh, I, I expect the Packers to win, sure. But give me the home dog here. It's funny. I, the first line of my write-up was, I wish I could fade both these teams as the Jaguars right. have gotten too much undeserved offseason hype for their defense. I said the exact same thing. If we have a horrible week, it's going to yeah, really – we're really going to be lost. We're going to go in the wilderness. We're going to say, ah, oh, we just don't know anything. Yeah, remember I did not read your beating the book, too. So I know, but it's weird that we're all thinking the same thing. Okay. Oh, I know, I know. So this one, uh, and we only got about 10 minutes left because i got to get ready for this XM show. Okay. And remember, think about the trade. I'm not psyched about it. I mean, this might be a big mistake for me to trade you a legit QB with crazy upside for a backup running back. But Dolphins plus 10.5 at Seahawks. I, we're going to differ here. I took the Seahawks to roll. I'm, I have Seahawks and Survivor. I did the math. It, I'm glad there's not that many people on it. It's the easiest pick. You never know. There could be an upset, and Seattle sometimes comes out of the gate slowly. But it's like Seattle's elite on defense. They're elite on offense. They're at home. They're playing the Dolphins. The Dolphins have Ryan Tannehill. 
The Dolphins have 30-year-old Arian Foster, who looks sluggish. The Dolphins' D lost Olivier Vernon. I, I get it, you know, that the squares are going to be on the Seahawks, but I just can't. I don't know why this line's not 13, honestly. Oh, I, I, I picked the, the Dolphins, but honestly, that just might be being a, a coward worried that I have Seattle and Survivor. <laughs> I'm just, uh, you know, what is the word? I'm just hedging my bets a little because I could totally see a blowout as well. Um, obviously, they're the most favored team this, this week for a reason. Um, Seattle, I picked to make the Super Bowl, win the NFC. I think they're going to be dominant. Uh, Russell Wilson, I think I picked him to win runner-up and MVP. I think they're going to – I recently moved up Seattle D over Denver D on my on my fantasy board as well. I just like their division so much better. So I could see them absolutely blowing out Miami here. I'm, I'm certainly not going to go to, to bat for my Miami here. I just held my nose and took the points, but a, a blowout here wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. It is a very strange line, though. Like, why isn't it 13? If it's 13, all the squares are still going to take the Seahawks. Right. So the sharp money must be on the Dolphins. I mean, there's just no way that it's holding down at 10.5, right? I mean, it should just be going up, up, and up. There must be somebody holding it, holding it down who realizes the Seahawks start slow or something's up because – I just – why wouldn't it be 13? Usually when a doormat goes on the road to an elite team, and especially a venue like that, it's 13, 14 points. Uh, agreed. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just it, – well, I guess week one, it's typical that there aren't a lot of more – this is about as high as it gets, right? Because there's so much uncertainty from year to year. And, and some teams – some people like Miami. I mean, I, I bet you plenty of people pick them to, to make the, the wild card. I mean, everyone loves Miami. Year, I mean, so really? we'll see. Uh, different, coaching, different coaching. Different um, coaching. But I'm with you. I I, I think they're they're going right. to continue to be. And Adam not- Gase, Adam Gase, like we know he's a good offensive coordinator, but like how many good coordinators are terrible coaches? Like the the idea that this guy's going to be a good coach is totally speculative. We have no idea. Yeah, the majority. But then again, they can't. Their coaching can't be much worse. But, no, it won't get worse. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, Giants pick them at Cowboys. I am a Giants homer. I think they're. I think nobody is talking about. They're D. Every, I, I even read the Giants columnists. They're like, yeah, they're thirty second in the league on defense, and they'll go to, you know, they'll they'll go in respectable twenty fifteenth best defense. You know, they made some changes. I'm like, dude, they're going to be like a they could be a top five defense. Don't you understand who's on the team now? You don't just they would regress to like twenty third best if they did nothing. And now they get Jason Pierre-Paul back for the entire year. He was only there for half a year with a hand that still needed surgery. They get Olivier Vernon, who Pro Football Focus graded as basically J.J. Watt the second half. They had one of the league's best run stoppers in Damon Harrison to go alongside Jonathan Hankins. They had these two or three reserve pass rushers who were really good at just, you know, this guy Ogazua or whatever his name is from UCLA who's really good, a third-round pick. He had a big camp. They totally revamped the secondary. I think Dallas is not the best test case because their line is so good, but this is not a good matchup for Prescott as it seems. Yeah, so I just said that I don't like teams signing a bunch of free agents and suddenly expecting them to be better on the defensive side. But having said that, I actually can see the path to where the Giants are much better on that side of the ball this year. Uh, This is a stay away game for me because I just have no idea what what to do with Prescott. Just such a wild card. I took the home team. I took Dallas. But um, one of my least favorite games to bet on uh, the entire slate. So you're – I'm taking Cowboys and you're taking Giants, right? Yeah. What, what worries me the most about this is the Giants' offensive line is truly abominable. And if they can't protect Eli and they get into sort of a slugfest where Ezekiel Elliott's running behind that line, even though the Giants' D is better, and if they can totally hide Prescott, Dallas may win. That's sort of the, that's the downside. I have Giants 17-16. I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. 
I stay away from over-unders usually, but 46 seems very high to me. I could yeah. see this being, you know, divisional game. I think Dallas's D's, uh, they actually did not allow many fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks last year, like the fourth fewest. I, I think this could be a sneaky, really low-scoring game. I have it 17-16 Giants, so. Totally agree. Okay. okay, well, we're there. Okay. okay. All right, move along. Uh, you can't bet an under in the contest, can you? Correct. Okay. Correct. All right, Lions plus four at Colts. I'll let you uh, give your take. Yeah, this is one of my other five. Um, I'm just taking the points. Like, who are the Colts? Why are we suddenly – I mean, the, the Lions were really interesting in the second half last year. They would have made the playoffs if not for Calvin Johnson fumbling at the one-inch line and Aaron Rodgers completing a Hail Mary. I, I get the what-if game, but those are two truly fluky plays that literally happened in the last second of, of regulation. And um, Jim Bob Cooter took over. Stafford had 19 touchdowns, two interceptions. Obviously, Calvin Johnson is, is no longer there, and, and Eric Ebron might not be 100%, but – I think this game should be close. Why is this not three points is what I don't understand. These are two fairly even teams. Who knows? Andrew Luck missing practice with a sore shoulder. That team's defense, the offensive line is, is terrible. Um, I still think they're probably going to win their division because I don't love any other teams in, in, in the Colts division. But to me, I really like taking the points here with Detroit. Yeah, it's obvious. Vontae Davis is out. That's their best player on defense. So they're not just down like two offensive linemen and Luck's shoulder is bad. They're down their best defensive player. And they're laying more than three. It makes zero sense whatsoever. And Luck was bad before he got hurt last year. Luck, I mean, I, I like Luck, and I like him in fantasy, and I, I've seen him do things like in that Chiefs playoff game where he can be amazing. But I think the verdict is definitely out on whether he's the, one of the next star quarterbacks in the league. I don't think we can say he is. He's not Russell Wilson. He hasn't had that kind of consistency. So it's just an insane line. Okay, so definitely Lions in. Yeah, we're we're locking them in the third. Okay, great. Awesome. Okay. okay. All right, move on. Now, next one, we got Pats plus six at Cardinals. And go ahead. I'll let you start with it. All right. I don't feel strongly about this at all. I'm just not going to – I'm not going to take the uh, – go against the Patriots as six-point underdogs no matter who's starting at quarterback. Especially – I don't want to overrate how bad Palmer looked in last season and how bad he looked in the preseason. But this is a Patriots. So well coached. Their defense, I project to be pretty strong. Um, again, just the coaching, the Patriots, uh, I will happily take six points. Although I, having said that, I don't feel strongly. I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona rolls. Yeah, I took the Cardinals. I, I think, you know, the only question is Palmer's shaky preseason, whether he's hurt or something happened down the stretch last year where he's just not the same and he has a Peyton Manning. like You know, Peyton Manning fell apart in the second half of 2014 and then just couldn't get it back. Palmer's right. like just, you know, he's old too, and he's been more beat up than Peyton actually. Peyton did have the spinal fusion, so I guess it's debatable. But Palmer's taking a beating, too. If this is just it for him, I mean, that's that's the, the worry. But David Johnson is such a monster, and I, and the Cardinals' defense is so monstrous, too. I just think it's, a, it's just a bad situation for a quarterback to make his first start on the road. I'm laying the six. Yeah, I understand. I mean, Arizona doesn't have – well, they actually play really well at home, but the crowd typically isn't uh... – isn't anything special, but I, I could see that. I'm not going to argue there. Okay, that. so we're not we're not strong on that. I wasn't like huge on it. All right, Steelers minus three at Redskins. I like the Redskins here quite a bit. I just think the Steelers they don't have Le'Veon Bell. Like that's I know running back's not that important, but he's a receiving running back. He's one of the best players in the league in his position. He's out. There's no Martavis Bryant. You know that that guy was a, a game changer. They're struggling to find a, a third receiver, and Wheaton's a little banged up, and then you've got. You know, no tight end that, you know, uh, Ladarius Green is out. So I just think lane three on the road with the mediocre defense and 
lots of injuries on offense against a team that can actually light it up now and then just added Josh Norman too much. Totally agree. Um, I, uh, I think Pittsburgh, I, I did pick to win their division and they should be fun to watch on offense, but Washington, I'm, I'm kind of buying into Kirk cousins. I know there, there's a kind of an unknown and his career record against winning teams is, is abysmal, but I, um, I moved him up to, I believe eighth on my fantasy quarterback board here at the very end of the year, because just when, when the bullets were flying, I was typically taking him over Carson Palmer and, and I was being aggressive with him. So uh, we'll see, but Jordan Reed is healthy now. Deshaun Jackson is healthy now. That might not happen the whole year, but the, but they are healthy. And Matt Jones, whatever, he may be a total bum, but the Steelers were way better stopping opposing backs last year than they were passing. This is a, a pinball-type game, I expect. The over-under is 50, 50 and a half. I, I definitely think Washington's going to keep it close at home on Monday night. Um, absolutely. I like the home dog here. All right. And then finally, uh, Rams minus two and a half at the Niners. I know this is the sucker play. But I laid the wood. I just think the Niners, it's just a bad matchup for them. They can't really exploit the Rams. The Rams D is going to get after Blaine Gabbert. And then, you know, and then you got Gurley who's just going to run 30 times and it's going to be enough. I got the Rams rolling. Yeah, so I'm really down on the Niners this year. This, uh, other than the Vikings under, they're my, my other under bet was uh, the Niners under five and a half. I'm a 49ers fan, but I think they're going to be truly uh, just abysmal this year. Having said that, I actually like the, the, the 49ers in this game. They were my one of my other five picks. Um, I don't want to overrate just what happened last year when Minnesota went into this same doubleheader on Monday night, this real late start time. It's maybe a little different because Los Angeles is used to the West Coast. But, you know, they, they rolled Minnesota last year in this same exact spot. And then Minnesota went on to win 10, 11 more games in, the, in its division. Um, I don't know, Los Angeles, maybe I'm overrating hard knocks as well, but they just look so dysfunctional and bad. And their quarterback situation, I can't case Keenum on the road. I think the Niners are a borderline top 12 <laughs> defense start this week. So I think, um, you know, Hyde looks like he's going to play. But Case Keenum's not going to throw a forward pass. That's the thing. And he's That's probably true. not going to need to. But it'll be all Austin and Gurley. I, I, I hear you. Um, but uh, the difference between Chip Kelly and Tim, Jim Tom Sula is a massive upgrade. So at home, um, I think it's contrarian pick as well. I, I like the Niners. Actually. Yeah, the, the Rams are the sucker square play for sure. I mean, it's just. I'll be there. Too. I'll be there. The uh, I'll be there. Uh, probably. I don't know. Should I rock up my Kaepernick jersey? Should yes. My wife- yes. Yes. You okay. should. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll see. Of course. Should I stand should. for the anthem? No. Sit and wear your Kaepernick jersey. <laughs> like, if you really think about what's going on in this protest thing, it's like he's talking about people getting murdered in the street and no consequence. Nobody's going to jail. And they're talking about a guy sitting during a song. It really bothers them. <laughs> I mean, it's, do you see how like the, it's symbolic? People's brains can't distinguish between symbolic. Like all he's doing is sitting during a song and reality where like people are actually getting shot and killed and there's no, there's very few indictments, let alone convictions. You should check out the rest of the, uh, the lyrics in that song too. That's only like one I verse. Know, no, the I other heard about two- the third verse. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the other okay, you check that. Right. Yeah. I know you got to start the XM show, but we got to just run through these five real quick. So obviously, Broncos, Saints, and Lions, we are locked in, and we both agree. And Redskins, you disagreed with the Titans and Niners completely. So, and I'm I'm totally fine with Redskins. Okay, so so Washington. So what's the fifth? Uh, we don't. I mean, we actually have really to have them to take all the locked. Niners. I'll I'll let you have it because we could do Ravens. I, I wouldn't mind Ravens actually. This, but we actually do need them in today because we're picking the Thursday game okay, and they right, locked. Right. I'll say so. go Ravens. Go Ravens is the fifth. Yeah, at least we both agreed on that one, whereas right, you went against the Niners. Let's do it. Let's Niners, lock it so. in. Okay, okay done. Right. Cool, Go man. Ahead. All right, good talk. So I'm ready for some football. 
this podcast is sponsored by FanDuel.com. We have a special offer for new users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only we get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. It's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW.